Welcome to my world. I'm Ash, your host of The Highly Sensitive Astrologer. Come and sit with me while we explore the power of sensitivity through the language of the universe. Together, we'll explore astrology, herbalism, intuition, and most importantly, becoming empowered as sensitive souls. Hello, I'm back again for our final episode in this series about astrology and herbalism, which in this episode, I'm going to be talking more about gardening. Basically, the entire series has been about building relationships with plants, observing nature, observing the natural world, and applying what we learn through plants and things that we can see physically here on earth to our understanding of astrology. This episode is one that is really near and dear to me because if you don't know already I am a gardener. I have had quite a journey in my life with working on different farms and trying out different agricultural systems including I grew up on a conventional corn and soybean farm in Iowa and I was always really attracted to different and more philosophical or spiritual ways of understanding nature and our place in it and also our role in interacting with it. And this is something I had a lot of questions about even when I was a very young person. So I really feel that while I was very interested in astrology even as a child, that it was really working on farms and getting into gardening that made me even more curious to learn more about how astrology worked, and how it applied to our own timing. Even my dad, you know, growing up, I would hear him talking about the new moon and the full moon and like their planting cycles, and also how it could potentially impact the weather and things like this. So that was always really interesting to me. And my mom, of course, was also talking about the moon but in a very different way she was talking about it from the perspective of like her horoscope so my parents are really different in the fact that they were both talking about this moon stuff I was like okay there must be something really to this and over time I have become increasingly more obsessed with how understanding astrology can help us to become better caretakers of our gardens uh, build stronger relationships with the earth and also just observe like I talked about on my last episode how the elements actually play out in real time here on this planet so as we jump in to this episode it is important to note that there's two main distinctions between how we understand the sky, understand how we calculate out what the signs are, where the planets are. This is something that you maybe have been curious about. And when you go and you read a horoscope and a horoscope column, unless it's noted otherwise in Western culture, you're probably reading a Uh, horoscope that's based off the tropical zodiac 
when you find out like what your sun sign is, it's probably going to be based on the tropical zodiac. That's what most um, astrologers in the United States, if you're from the U.S. and you're listening to this, that's what most people use. Okay. Now, there is also the sidereal system of astrology, which is projecting out a different way of understanding the divisions of the sky. And some people will say that the sidereal system is more accurate because it is based off of a fixed star position and its shifts. So rather than the tropical system, which is kind of more of an idealized system. I'm going to tell you, tropical, the tropical system is very accurate. <laughs> I'm not saying that sidereal astrology isn't also very accurate, but I can tell you from my experience using the tropical system that it is extremely accurate when used um, with the right techniques and a really good foundational understanding of the techniques behind why it works. So I'm just going to give you a real quick cliff notes on sidereal versus tropical astrology. And the reason why is because a lot of the information that you will find out there about gardening with the moon, which is the topic of this episode, is from the work of Rudolf Steiner uh, and his work on biodynamic farming, which is also coming from many, many, many ancient traditions that were using what was happening visibly to them in the sky to make decisions about when they were going to plant and harvest their foods. Okay, so the ancient observers of the sky noticed that there's different areas of the sky that have different qualities and seem to modify the influence of the planets as they travel through them. And so they were inspired to divide the ecliptic plane into 12 parts. And each of the parts were chosen in a way that they worked with the groups of stars that existed within them. And this was how the constellations were understood. So it was divided into 12 parts, and each of those parts was assigned a name, and those names are the 12 signs of the zodiac. And because it's not possible to see the sun and the stars at the same time, they looked for a star that was in a fixed position, which is Spica, which is between Virgo and Libra. So that is the basis for how sidereal astrology is calculated. It's all calculated out from this position of the star. Now, tropical astrology, the tropical zodiac, it is determined based on the moment of the vernal equinox, which is the balance between day and night, light and darkness. And this is the basis behind so many different concepts within 
Western astrology using the tropical zodiac. And you maybe have heard me talk about the difference between day and night charts and how if you were born during the day or born during the night, it can have an impact on how we would interpret your chart. If that's something that you're interested in learning more about, head over to ashgravity.com and I've got a whole post about it on my blog. So, you know, we've been talking about this entire concept of using planets, using elements, using astrology to help us find harmony and unity within ourselves, within our place, within the cosmos, and all of this kind of stuff. And so the equinox is the beginning of this um, astrological year, and it's also the representation, like an actual manifestation of this kind of equilibrium that we're seeking, this harmony that we're seeking between dark and light. Um, so the vernal equinox happens in March around the 20th, and it's the zero degree, the very beginning of the sign of Aries. It's when the sun moves between Pisces and Aries. And then there's another equinox, um, that happens around in September each year. And it's like the, the halfway point, um, of course, into Libra season, the opposite sign to Aries. So I hope that that kind of just gives you a general idea um, of what I'm going to be talking about a little bit more on this episode, because I personally do use sidereal astrology when I am gardening. So I think it's important to talk about because different systems are good for different things. Like there's different house systems that people use for medical astrology. Um, you know, there's different house systems that work best for different information that you want to find. If you want to do horary and you want to ask a question, you might use a different house system for that than you would for reading somebody's natal chart. So that's all just to say that astrology is like way more complex than a lot of people realize and not to get you all confused, but if you're interested in gardening, um, using astrology, I do highly recommend checking out some books on biodynamic agriculture and looking into biodynamics a little bit. There's a lot more to biodynamic agriculture than just the astrological side of it, um, but there is a lot of rich information there too, if it's something that you're interested in learning more about. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you about my monthly Astro Herbal subscriptions. You wouldn't head into a rainstorm without an umbrella, but what about changing astro weather? Equip yourself for the seasonal transits with a monthly essence or herbal subscription. Each month, you'll receive a specially selected flower or gem essence for the sun sign season ahead, an herbal tea blend, an exclusive solar season horoscope available only to subscribers, and access to a seasonal meditation journey to meet your essence guide. So if you are already a gardener, you might have at one point in time picked up like a farmer's almanac, or maybe you have even looked at a biodynamic farming 
calendar. I personally really like, I think her name is Maria Thune. It's T-H-U-N. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, I really like that one myself. And the, the signs are about one off. So if it's um, Aries in the tropical zodiac, like at the point in time that you are doing your planting, it will probably be about one sign behind in the sidereal zodiac. So the moon in sidereal might be in Pisces. Um, I highly recommend getting a calendar. <laughs> I You might have picked up on this. I'm very technical, but I'm also not so technical that I just want to spend all of my time talking about the technical basics behind everything for hours and hours and hours. Like I want to actually be able to take some action with what I'm learning about. And this is one of the things that I love about being an astrologer in the year 2021 is that I have so much information and access to information at my fingertips that I can go to a website like astro-seek.com, one of my favorite places for finding some really awesome astrological tools. And I especially love AstroSeek for gardening. So they have um, wonderful gardening moon calendars that you can go and look at. And what I really love about it too is that they have these handy little symbols on the calendar that help you to know when it's a good time to plant or work with um, different types of plants. So like I talked about on the elements episode last time, each of the elements corresponds to kind of different kinds of plants. So fire element is the day when the moon is in a fire element sign. It's a really great time to work with fruiting plants. And when the moon is in an earth element sign, like Taurus, it's a really great time to work with root vegetables and root plants. When the moon is in an air sign, it's a great time to work with flowering plants. And when the moon is in a water sign, it's a great time to work with like leafy greens and leafy vegetables and plants that have high water content. Um, so you can kind of take everything that you learned about the elements and the last episode, you can look at a gardening moon calendar and you can kind of get a sense for, okay, this would be a good energy if I am getting ready to start planning my fall garden or something like that, um, which is probably what I'll be starting to work on by the time that this episode airs. And I'm super excited about it. I've talked about it on other episodes, but I'm in the process of moving right now. And one of the most horrible things about this process has been saying goodbye to this garden that I spent some time working on for a few years, um, planting a lot of perennial herbs that take a while to, uh, kind of come to fruition and so I was dealing with some of the like ugly times of building the garden uh, that I really wanted and now I'm going to be kind of at the starting process again but I also was that was my first real experiment with doing a lot with biodynamic gardening and gardening with the moon so 
Of course, if you are familiar with working with the moon phases for other things, um, and if you're not, I have a whole free guidebook on that on the homepage of my website, ashgravity.com. Um, but similar kinds of concepts uh, apply when we're talking about gardening. So a new moon would be a time when we probably would be planting a seed and you know hopefully harvesting around or shortly after the full moon. Um, now this is all very idealized and if you've ever had a garden or you've ever worked on a farm then you know that things don't always work in an idealized way. But I do really love bringing some harmony with the cosmos into our approach to gardening, especially coming from working on production farms where it was all just about quantity and getting things, you know, growing so that you could take them to the market and sell them. Taking these concepts and applying it to my own personal garden, I think helped me decondition from some of the like capitalist mindset of production farming of vegetables and brought a lot more of the spiritual nature and spiritual quality into the work that I was doing in my own personal garden. So this is part of why I really love talking about gardening with the moon. Um, I think that, you know, if you need to plant lettuce and you need to plant lettuce and the time isn't necessarily perfect, go for it. However, I would also say keep a journal and pay attention to what you observe. And this is where having that biodynamic calendar that you maybe get for yourself to write out all of your observations of what you're seeing with the garden and then reflecting back on, okay, did it actually work? to plant in time with the moon because I have noticed that it actually makes a difference for me. And I'll also tell you that even though the biodynamic calendar is sidereal, you can still use all of the observations that you make from working with plants in your own garden to understanding tropical astrology uh, even more. And I highly recommend doing it and actually observing out in nature. And you'll probably see elements of both come through. You might see some aspects of sidereal and tropical in terms of like what's happening with the weather and what's happening with the people around you and then what's showing up in your garden on those days. So this is obviously a huge topic that we could spend a ton of time talking about um, and I you know I've really just scratched the surface on this but I mostly just wanted you to become curious about gardening with the moon. Um, I know that the time that this is airing, it's July in Iowa, and most people are not starting gardens during this period of time, but also a lot of people do um, work with their fall garden. And I think that biodynamic gardening works easiest um, when you're not trying to bring it into an already established planting plan. That said, I have started 
working with it mid-season and applying the concepts to my fall garden and really noticed a huge difference between my spring planting and my fall planting. Um, enough so that then when I was setting out to plan my garden for the year ahead, I brought in all of the planting schedule into the timing from the gardening moon calendars. Um, so if it's something that you're interested in learning more about, I would definitely check out some of those resources. And like I said, a lot of this would be related also to the work of Rudolf Steiner. If you're interested in reading more about his um, actual applications and the kinds of um, methods that he proposed to bring unity, bring harmony into our growing of food plants. And uh, some of the stuff that he talks about might seem a little bit out there, but I think that if you're interested in magic at all, then none of the things that he talks about will probably come as much as a uh, they will probably not come as much of a surprise to you. Um, he does talk about elementals like fairies and um, gnomes and things like that, and how working with the elements uh, can help you know, working with the elementals and working with the elements can help to bring harmony and unity with like all of these unseen ether-like spirit-like forces. And I love that. And I think that, um, you know, so many of the gardeners that I know already have little, uh, offerings or homages to elementals, particularly fairies, I think are very popular, um, to ask for help from with our gardens and so he actually does go into that into his um methodology for how to maintain a harmonious ecological system while you're growing food really interesting stuff to read um a great book is it's just called what is biodynamic farming and it has his papers in there and uh they're they're really interesting and if you're in interested in gardening I would definitely recommend reading them there's a lot that you can pick up on and if you already know about gardening it'll help you learn astrology faster if that's something you're interested in so thanks for tuning in and I can't wait to talk to you on my next season of the podcast the next season is going to be all about high sensitivity in astrology, and I look forward to diving deeply into that topic with you over the next couple of months. Thank you for being a part of my world, and I so value you coming on this journey with me and exploring the power of sensitivity through the language of the universe. I hope that you will come along next time and check out the upcoming episodes for more details on everything I talk about in this podcast, everything I mention about my work as an astrologer and an herbalist. You can find out more information at ashgravity.com and I also invite you to come and follow me on Instagram where we go deeper and to our connections uh, as sensitive souls at Ash Gravity. 